G'day, welcome to Partaker's Podcast. Come and listen. Let's start out with some words of Jesus. John 3.16 For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And then in Mark chapter 10 verse 45 For even the Son of Man did not come to be served but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Even a cursory look at the media will tell you that the world is messed up. Is there any hope? Wow! Yes, there is. That is why God sent Jesus. Jesus is the hope. Jesus came to serve rather than be served. That is why Jesus came. He came to give his life so that humanity may have a hope. God made the world perfect and humanity was in a harmonious relationship with God. Humanity messed it up. It broke the relationship bonds with God. And when the time was right, God became human in order to bring humanity back into relationship with himself. That man, that human, was Jesus Christ. And it was his death on a Roman cross about 2,000 years ago, which was the act of a generous God reaching out to the world that he loves. Without Jesus' death on the cross, there would be no hope for this world. That he died is without doubt. But why did he have to die By his very nature, God is loving and compassionate, forgiving, faithful and slow to anger. That, if we're honest, is the part we are most comfortable with. Yet God is also holy, righteous and just. There is no sin in God. Therefore, God must punish sin because of this very same nature. That is the part we as 21st century people are probably most uncomfortable with. We like to think of God as being all soft and mushy and loving and gentle. We don't like to think of him as a judge who must punish sin. When we think like that, though, we forget that God loves righteousness and hates wickedness and sin. Therefore, sin must be dealt with and it cannot simply be ignored. God is set apart from humanity and holy. If he wasn't, he could not and would not be worshipped. Indeed, he would not be God. If God were like that, then he would be part of the problem. So, how can God be both just and the justifier of sinners? He does this by declaring sinners righteous. But why does he do this, and where do humans fit into the picture? Sin is what separates humans from God, and as a consequence this leads to both a spiritual and a physical death. Nobody escapes, as all of humanity have sinned and fallen short of God's glory. In the Old Testament, sins were dealt with by blood sacrifices of atonement as coverings for sin. For without the shedding of blood, there can be no remission of sin. 
A blood sacrifice was God's way of dealing with sin. These blood sacrifices of the Old Testament signified several things. Firstly, it provided a covering for sin. It showed the great cost of sin. It was an exchange or substitution. And fourthly, it was only going to be a temporary measure as it looked forward to Jesus' death, the ultimate sacrifice. So is there a solution? Well, the solution lies not in the continual animal sacrifice of the Old Testament, because Hebrews 10 verse 4 reminds us that the blood of animals cannot take away sin, but it was always only a veneer or a covering. That is why it was necessary to repeat time and time again. It is only through the death of Jesus, the sacrificial lamb, that sin is taken away, and that was only needed once. Therefore, Jesus is our permanent sacrificial substitute. Substitution, I hear you say. What's all that about? Well, Jesus died for our sin, the just for the unjust. That is how God is both just and the justifier of sinners. Remember that from earlier? That is why Jesus needed to be both fully God and fully human. If he lacked either, it would not be the full substitutionary sacrifice that was necessary to bear the permanent consequences of sin. For while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us, willingly giving his life as a ransom for many, and when he died in our place on the cross, he bore the consequences of all sin, past, present, and future. This substitution was the sacrifice, or sin offering, required by God in order that Jesus, as the Lamb of God, could take away the sins of the world. Jesus, therefore, became sin for us. It was his blood as a lamb without spot or blemish that fulfills God's requirements permanently. Jesus was the propitiation for all sin. Propitiation? What on earth is that word? Okay. Now we must remember that with sin, God is angry. Towards sin and sinful behaviour, God has great fury, anger and wrath. The writer to the letter of Hebrews reminds us it is a dreadful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Propitiation basically means the turning aside of God's anger by the offering of the sacrifice of Jesus. God's anger and judgment of sin fall on Jesus instead of us. We need to approach God to appease his anger in order to accept it. Here is the Apostle John, writing in 1 John chapter 2. Jesus is the atoning sacrifice or propitiation for our sins, and not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. And later on in the same letter, in chapter 4, This is real love, 
not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a propitiation to take away our sins. And not only was it a propitiation, it was also an act of redemption. In the time of the New Testament, this word was used to refer to the buying back of a slave, the price paid to buy the slave's freedom. God paid redemption so that humanity could be freed from the slavery to sin. The price was paid, and so we are redeemed with the precious blood of Jesus. And if we are Christian disciples, we are bought at a price, and we have a new position before God. We were bought out of slavery to sin, into glorious freedom, where we are now slaves to righteousness, slaves to Jesus. We are also Jesus Christ's personal possession. If Jesus' death on the cross was not an atonement for sin, if it was not a propitiation, then it would also not be a redemption. What does all this mean? God is wanting all people to be in relationship with him. But it is our responsibility to choose that way. God does not coerce forcefully. He leaves it as a choice for humans to make as individuals. God's love does not force, because if it did, it would not be love, but tyranny. God is love, not a tyrant. God's love, however, is compelling, and it is highly attractive. God's love for humanity was exemplified in the cross of Jesus Christ. Let's go tell somebody about this act of love. That's it for today. Come back every day to www.partakers.co.uk where there is something uploaded to help you as a Christian disciple, wherever you are in this world, to live for Jesus Christ. Our books are also available on our Amazon site at www.pulptheology.com. See you later.